Shalom, everyone. Thank you for joining me today, December 7th, 2022. So thankful for all of you tuning in live in the chat. Great to see you all. If you're watching this later, my prayer is that this message does bless you. If you enjoy this message, please send it out to someone that may not know our Messiah in the way that we're going to discuss today. I just really felt it on my heart to discuss the word made flesh. And growing up in Christianity, it was just something that obviously was known, but really wasn't discussed. And it wasn't till my wife, Lee, and I got on this narrow walk, this narrow path, being Torah observant, that really my eyes were opened in a whole new way. And the scriptures came alive. They had my attention like never before. And it just, I want to return that blessing to someone else that maybe doesn't have their eyes completely open to the word made flesh and the importance of the Torah, those first five books in the Old Testament, the books of Moshe. So that is what I'm going to be discussing today. The word made flesh. Shalom, everyone in the chat. Great to see you, Betty, Robert, my wife, Lee, and Asia. We've got Wirewool, Shell, quite a turnout. Thank you so much, everybody. Great to see you. I hope you are having a blessed week. It is pretty rainy here. It sounds like we're all kind of experiencing that across the, the, the Midwest, maybe even the South. It looks like it's a few days of rain here in Tennessee. So we just hope that Yah shines his face upon you, even if it is rainy and cloudy in your area. Alrighty. So most connect Messiah with the New Testament, but was he also in the Old Testament? Was Yahusha actually the Elohim who interacted with humans in the Old Testament? The Bible shows that the one who later came to earth as Yahusha HaMashiach was the Elohim who interacted with Israel and others in the Old Testament. Yahuwah, God, Lord, however your Bible may have it translated, is mentioned in the Old Testament, but did not appear to people. So we're going to start with John 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Elohim, and Elohim was the Word. The same was in the beginning with Elohim. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I know we bring this scripture up quite a bit, but it's so important. It's one of my favorite to see that Yahuwah and Yahusha. Echad, they were there from the beginning. They created the earth, the heavens. They created everything together as one. And although Yahusha may not have been born yet, he was still there. He was the word which became flesh later on. And we'll see that here momentarily. So the word in John 1.1 is a translation of the Greek word logos, meaning a word or something said 
And that's from the Strong's Greek Dictionary. The definition includes both the thought and the spoken word. So not only when we see our Bible say Yahuwah spoke or came to them in a vision or a dream, it can mean both, you know, through a vision, dream, or physically in the presence of the person. This title makes sense when we connect it to the scriptures coming up about the God of the Old Testament communicating with human beings. He was the being who spoke because the Father never spoke directly to man. The Word was especially, the, I'm sorry, essentially being who served as the spokesman on behalf of the Father. He has always been responsible for communicating the will of the Father to human beings during Old Testament and New Testament times. When Yahuwah's message or revelation was given, it was given through the Word who became Yahusha Hamashiach. So realizing that, when you take that into account and you apply that to the Scriptures, you know, obviously the New Testament, He is alive and well, living in the flesh. But we aren't always taught or grown up realizing that He was still there living, interacting with all these characters through the Old Testament, the Torah, the Prophets. And so seeing this, reading this, if you're now able to read the scriptures in a new way, it will really open them up and expand everything. Things do come to life because the word is living. The word was made flesh. And that was such a revelation to me when I realized that Yahusha, our Messiah, was there all along from the very beginning, not just born in Matthew. You know, he was there from the beginning. And so it's been such a blessing ever since I came to that realization and things make so much more sense now. You know, we have in the past gone over many different parallels with Messiah. You know, there's so many parallels with uh, Moshe and Messiah or even Yitzhak and the sacrifice and Messiah. So many of those throughout the Old Testament as well. And that's not what this message is about today. I actually want to bring forth certain scriptures, and there's many more that I could have added due to time. I kept it somewhat short, but I wanted to bring certain scriptures where we can physically see and read that our Messiah, Yahusha, was there interacting with these characters throughout time. And so we are going to start in John 1:14. And the word was made flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the Yahid of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Yahid, they are one, one in the same. Shalom Dan, good morning. Great to see you as well, brother. So in, let's see here, John revealed a surprising truth about the Father in John 1, 18. No man has seen Elohim at any time. And in, in John 5, 37, Messiah himself says, And the Father himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. So right there from the mouth of Messiah, we know, wow, all those times that our Bible says, Yahuwah said, Yahuwah appeared, God, Lord, like I said, whatever your translation is, 
we know now that those were not physically the father intervene or interacting. It was Messiah, the son, Yahusha, interacting on his behalf. So let that sink in. And if you have to start over, start in Genesis 1-1 and read it again. Read your scriptures, realizing this new thing. If you haven't already come to this realization, it will really just expand your mind and your thinking and knowledge of the scriptures. It's really been a blessing, like I said, for my, me myself, since I was awakened to this truth. So in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, And Yahuwah Elohim commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you will freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Genesis 3, 8 through 10. And they heard the voice of Yahweh Elohim walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his woman hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh Elohim amongst the trees of the garden. And Yahweh Elohim called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So right here we can see that Yahusha was walking through the garden. You know, even before Eve Hua came along, there was a possibility that Messiah had a relationship with Adam as a friend, you know, teaching him the ways of the earth, teaching him the laws, maybe sharing with uh, the knowledge of the animals, helping him name them. You know, now this is just my opinion. This isn't, you know, fact, but because we know that Messiah was walking with these people throughout time, interacting with them on a personal, physical level, it might make sense that things like that could happen. Genesis 15, 1 through 5. After these things, the word of Yahuwah came unto El Avram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Avram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Avram said, Adonai Yahuwah, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Avram said, Behold, to me you have given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of Yahuwah came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own generation shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now forward towards the heavens and count the stars, if you will be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. So what an amazing image of Messiah literally walking with Avram, showing him the heavens, the stars, saying, count the stars if you can. That's how multiplied your seed will be. Uh, it's just so beautiful to picture that, you know, on a personal relationship. And we will find out here momentarily that Messiah himself does confirm that him and Abraham had that relationship in the flesh.
I did share this verse a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago. It is by far one of my favorite verses. And I just wanted to share it again because it really does show the interaction between our Messiah and those of the Old Testament, our forefathers, Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, all of them have their own personal experiences with the Elohim, Yahuwah, Yahusha. So this comes from Jubilees 12, 16 through 27. And in the sixth week, in the fifth year thereof, Avram sat up throughout the night of the new moon, on the seventh month to observe the stars from the evening to the morning in order to see what would be the character of the year with regard to the rains. And he was alone as he sat and observed. You know, here we see that Messiah was telling him to count stars. So here he is trying to probably count to see how many seed his generations will have. And the word came into his heart and he said, All the signs of the stars and the signs of the moon and of the sun are all in the hand of Yahuwah. Why do I search them out? If he desires, he causes it to rain morning and evening. And if he desires, he withholds it and all things are in his hand. And he prayed that night and said, My Elohim, my Elyon, you alone are my Elohim and you are you and your dominion have I chosen. And you have created all things and all things that are the work of your hands. Deliver me from the hands of evil Rukoth, which have dominion over the thoughts of men's hearts. And let them not lead me astray from you, my Elohim. And establish me and my seed forever, that we go not astray from henceforth and forevermore. And he said, Shall I return unto your of the Kasdim who seek my face? that I may return to them? Am I to remain here in this place? The right path before you prosper it in my hands of your servant, that he may fulfill it and that I may not walk in the deceitfulness of my heart, O Elahai. And I love that. It's really a prayer, a, a calling out, you know, keep me from the ways of the wicked, you know, keep me from the desires of my own flesh because they will deceive me. They will lead me astray. And that's his prayer. He was giving his entire everything to Yah, uh, proclaiming him as his God. And in that, he received blessings. And we'll, we'll read that now. And he made an end of speaking and praying. And behold, the word of Yahuwah was sent to him through me, saying, Get you up from your country, And from your kindred and from the house of your father unto a land which I will show you. And I shall make you a great and numerous nation. And I will bless you and I will make your name great. And you shall be blessed in the earth. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. And I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. And I will be an Elohim to you and your son and to your son's son. And to all your seed, fear not from henceforth and unto all generations of the earth. I am your Elohim. And Yahweh Elohim said, open his mouth and his ears that he may hear and speak with his mouth, with the language which has been revealed. 
for it had ceased from the mouth of all the children of men from the day of the overthrow of Babel. And I opened his mouth and his ears and his lips, and I began to speak with him in Ivrit, in the tongue of the creation. And he took the seraphim of his fathers, and those were written in Ivrit, and he transcribed them, and he began from henceforth to study them. And I made known to him that which he could not understand. And he studied them during those six rainy months. So amazing. I love that passage so much because right there it shows that our Messiah was there with Avraham, mentoring him, teaching him, opening his mouth, putting his father's words in his mouth, a prayer that we have daily, that we just speak the will and the words of the father, not ours, not our desires, not our opinion, what we want to speak out there. We want to speak only the father's will and the word made flesh. So what better person to mentor and teach one than the word made flesh himself? I just love that verse so much. Moving on to Genesis 17.1. And these last few verses, I don't know exactly the chronological order. I, I feel like they are right around the same time. Uh, so, you know, give or take, they could be a little bit different, but I think that this is probably about how they went. And when Avraham was 90 years old and nine, Yahuwah appeared to El Avraham and said unto him, I am El Shaddai, walk before me and be perfect. And I will make my covenant before me and, but I'm sorry, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Avram fell on his face and Elohim talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall your name anymore be called Avram, but your name shall be called Avraham. For a father of many nations have I made you, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come out of you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be Elohim unto you and to your seed after you. What a blessing that is and a promise of his protection over us, those that were grafted in because of our Messiah that gave his life. Now we are Israel. We are one with him. And that's just an amazing verse. I love how we see he also changed the name of Abraham. You know, in recent Torah portions we've discussed, Yaakov's name was changed, uh, even Kepha. Peter's name was changed. He was changing not only the person, but their character and who they would become. He was making them great. And so that was one of my messages the other day was, you know, has Yah changed your name? Maybe not physically, but spiritually. Has he increased you? Has he made you better? Uh, it's just there's so much blessing to come when your name is changed like this. The last example I have for Abraham is in Genesis 18.1. And Yahuwah appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, 
And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Adonai, if now I have found favor in your sight, pass not away, I pray you from your servant. You know, and we know with this story in particular, he had just been circumcised. So, of course, he was sore and resting, probably not jumping up to run to just anybody. But I do feel because of these past stories, he had that relationship on a physical, personal level with our Yahusha Messiah that he recognized him. He knew exactly who he was. So he was willing to get up no matter the pain that he was experiencing to run and bow to him in glory and honor and to welcome him into his home. And then this last verse here in John 8, 53, this is also one that I shared a few weeks back. And it was actually, it was just Yah intervening in the moment because I had gotten my Basora portion mixed up for that half Torah, Basora, Let's Talk Torah episode I was doing. And in the middle of my presentation, I had realized that I had the wrong scriptures. And so I quickly looked them up and got these correct ones. And they happened to be this exact scripture out of John 8, 53. And I actually got a little emotional in the moment because the realization, the connection and the evidence, the proof that this shows that after reading that Jubilees verse where Yahusha, our Messiah, came down to mentor and teach and work with Avraham to give him the Ivrit, the Hebrew language, to explain it to him. This is confirmation that that did happen and that he had a personal relationship with Avraham in the flesh. So John 8, 53 through 58. Are you greater than our father Avraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom do you make yourself? Yahusha answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honors me, of whom ye say that he is your Elohim. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. If I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and guard his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Yahudim unto him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Yahusha said unto them, Amen, amen, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. I just love that scripture. And I know Yah showed that to me, spur of the moment, kind of out of a mistake came a blessing. And I'm just so grateful that he showed that to me uh, in that time while I was live on the air. <laughs> All right, a couple more. And we're moving on to Moshe now. A few examples where he interacted in the physical with Moshe out of Exodus 24, 9 through 12. Then went up Moshe and Aharon, Nadav and Avihu, and seventy of the elders of Yasharel. And they saw the Elahai of Yasharel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. 
and upon the nobles of the children of Yasharel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw Elohim and did eat and drink. And Yahweh said unto Moshe, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give you sapphire stones and a Torah and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. In Exodus 33, 19, And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of Yahweh before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, You cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And Yahweh said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Now this is just my opinion, and I would love to hear yours if you have one. Leave me a comment in the chat or later on if you think differently or agree, but I do feel like this may be the one time where Yahuwah granted this to one of his most righteous. Moshe, we know, was the most meek man ever to live and was one of Yah's favorite people, even took him up to heaven with him after he passed. So he may have granted him the ability to see him, Still, only his backside was not able to see his face. But this, I think, might be one of those only times where a human has been honored to see the presence of Yah. And what wonderful reward one day to be able to see Yahuwah's face shining upon us. You know, all these times where Yahusha has intervened and interacted with the humans of earth, you know, in the presence of Yah. But what great reward that will be for being a righteous follower to one day truly be able to see Yah and the light shining from him. In 1 Corinthians 10.1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea. And there were all baptized unto Moshe in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual food, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drink of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Mashiach. I just love that verse as well. You know, the everlasting life of flesh, the, the water and the bread that is our Messiah. You know, they had that substance through the wilderness so they could stay alive those 40 years and on. And of course, we know that they drew water from the rock. And what a beautiful representation of that being Mashiach, our, our Messiah. And very well could have been him, you know, in the presence there with them. You know, it's, it's hard to say, with the details left out, but it just it really sheds new light on what could have been knowing that Yahushua was there in the flesh 
a lot of times intervening on the behalf of Yah. And finally, in Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10, Then the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sacrificed you. And I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Adonai, Yahweh, I behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But Yahweh said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for you shall go to all that I shall send you, and whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says Yahweh. Then Yahweh put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And Yahweh said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So amazing to see that these prophets very well also interacted and had a physical relationship with Messiah. You know, maybe it wasn't just a vision or a dream. You know, yes, they prophesied times to come, but was Yahusha there mentoring them, teaching them the word? They were ordained, already set apart to deliver the word. And I think that's such a great verse to apply to our lives. You know, we can be the same. We can be those deliverers of the word to be set apart, not to fear those in our way, the faces of the adversary of the wicked world. We are to spread the Besorah, to spread the good news, no matter the cost. And so I think this last verse really is a great one to apply to us, knowing that Yah has touched our mouth, put his words in our mouth. We just must have the faith and the persistence to endure and to know that he is with us, he will not forsake us, and that he has our best at hand. And I just wanted to throw these in lastly, a few things I've made. This wood here, I actually was a craft we made during Sukkot, burned in the name Torah. You've obviously got the Tav, the Vav, the Resh, and the Hay. And we do know in Hebrew, we read that from the right to the left. And so once I saw this, I just it's really stuck with me. I've showed it in the past, but it's all the proof I need to know that Messiah was there from the beginning. And the Torah isn't just for the, the Jewish people. It's for everyone. You know, he was the word made flesh, the living word. And when you break down the name Torah, we see it can say, behold, the man nailed to the cross. So I just wanted to end with that. I do pray that this message bless you. Thank you so much for everybody that has tuned in today, that has given their time to seek Yah, giving Him their dedication in life, their praise, their worries, set it all down at the cross. If you aren't sure where to start reading the Bible, pick it up. You can find any place it will speak to you. If, you, if not, start in Genesis 1-1. That's the best place to start, in my opinion, especially with opened eyes 
the word will come to life. The word is alive and well. The word was made flesh. So I hope this message blessed you. Thank you all. You are a blessing to me. And I just pray that you have a wonderful week. Shalom, everyone.